How I Built Myself a House by Thomas Hardy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schempf. My wife Sophia, myself, and the beginning of a happy line, formerly lived in the suburbs of London, in the sort of house called a highly desirable semi-detached villa. But in reality, our residence was the very opposite of what we wished it to be. We had no room for our friends when they visited us, and we were obliged to keep our coals out of doors, in a heap against the back wall. If we managed to squeeze a few acquaintances round our table to dinner, there was very great difficulty in serving it, and on such occasions the maid, for want of sideboard room, would take to putting the dishes in the staircase, or on stools and chairs in the passage so that if anybody else came after we had sat down he usually went away again disgusted at seeing the remains of what we had already got through standing in these places and perhaps the salary waiting in a corner hard by it was therefore only natural that on wet days chimney sweepings and those cleaning times when chairs may be seen with their legs upwards a tub blocking a doorway and yourself walking about edgeways among the things we called the villa hard names and we resolved to escape from it as soon as it would be politic, in a monetary sense, to carry out a notion which had long been in our minds. This notion was to build a house of our own, a little further out of town than where we had hitherto lived. The new residence was to be right and proper in every respect. It was to be of some mysterious size and proportion, which would make us both peculiarly happy ever afterwards. That had always been a settled thing it was neither to cost too much nor too little but just enough to fitly inaugurate the new happiness its situation was to be in a healthy spot on a stratum of dry gravel about ninety feet above the springs there were to be trees to the north and a pretty view to the south it was also to be easily accessible by rail eighteen months ago a third baby being our latest blessing we began to put the above-mentioned ideas into practice as the house itself rather than its position is what i wish particularly to speak of i will not dwell upon the innumerable difficulties that were to be overcome before a suitable spot could be found maps marked out in little pink and green oblongs clinging to a winding road became as familiar to my eyes as my own hand i learned too all about the colored plans of land to be let for building purposes which are exhibited at railway stations and in agents windows that sketches of cabbages in rows or artistically irregular meant large trees that would afford a cooling shade when they had been planted and had grown up that patches of blue showed fish ponds and fountains and that a wide straight road to the edge of the map was the way to the station a corner of which was occasionally shown as if it would come within a convenient distance disguise the fact as the owners might after a considerable time had been spent in these studies I began to see that some of our intentions in the matter of sight must be given up. The trees to the north went first. After a short struggle, they were followed by the ninety feet above the springs. Sophia, with all wifely tenacity, stuck to the pretty view long after I was beaten about the gravel subsoil. In the end, we decided upon a place imagined to be rather convenient and rather healthy, but possessing no other advantage worth mentioning i took it on a lease for the established period ninety-nine years we next thought about an architect 
a friend of mine who sometimes sends a paper on art and science to the magazines strongly recommended a mr penny a gentleman whom he considered to have architectural talent of every kind but if he was a trifle more skilful in any one branch of his profession than in another it was in designing excellent houses for families of moderate means i at once proposed to sophia that we should think over some arrangement of rooms which would be likely to suit us and then call upon the architect that he might put our plan into proper shape i made my sketch and my wife made hers her drawing and dining rooms were very large nearly twice the size of mine though her doors and windows shewed sound judgment we soon found that there was no such thing as fitting our ideas together do what we would when we had come to no conclusion at all we called at mr penny's office i began telling him my business upon which he took a sheet of foolscap and made numerous imposing notes with large brackets and dashes to them sitting there with him in his office surrounded by rolls of paper circles squares triangles compasses and many other of the inventions which have been sought out by men from time to time and perceiving that all these were the realities which had been faintly shadowed forth to me by euclid some years before it is no wonder that i became a puppet in his hands he settled everything in a miraculous way we were told the only possible size we could have the rooms the only way we should be allowed to go upstairs and the exact quantity of wine we might order at once so as to fit the wine cellar he had in his head his professional opinions propelled by his facts seemed to float into my mind whether i wished to receive them or not i thought at the time that sophia from her silence was in the same helpless state but she has since told me it was quite otherwise and that she was only a little tired i had been very anxious all along that the stipulated cost eighteen hundred pounds should not be exceeded and i impressed this again upon mr penny i will give you an approximate estimate for the sort of thing we are thinking of he said linum this was the clerk did you speak sir forty-nine by fifty-four by twenty-eight twice fourteen by thirty-one by eleven and several small items which we will call one hundred and sixty eighty-two thousand four hundred but eighteen hundred at the very outside i began is what feet my dear sir feet cubic feet said mr penny put it down at sixpence a foot linum remainders not an object two thousand two hundred pounds this was too much well try it at something less leaving out all below hundreds linum about eighteen hundred and seventy pounds very satisfactory in my opinion said mr penny turning to me what do you think you are so particular john interrupted my wife i am sure it is exceedingly moderate elegance and extreme cheapness never do go together it may be here remarked that sophia never calls me my dear before strangers she considers that like the ancient practice in besieging cities of throwing loaves over the walls it really denotes a want rather than an abundance of them within i did not trouble the architect any further and we rose to leave be sure you make a nice conservatory mr penny said my wife something that has character about it it could only be in the chinese style with beautiful ornaments at the corners like mrs smith's only better she continued turning to me with a glance in which a broken tenth commandment might have been seen 
some sketches shall be forwarded which i think will suit you answered mr penny pleasantly looking as if he had possessed for some years a complete guide to the minds of all people who intended to build it is needless to go through the whole history of the plan making a builder had been chosen and the house marked out when we went down to the place one morning to see how the foundations looked it is a strange fact that a person's new house drawn in outline on the ground where it is to stand looks ridiculously and inconveniently small the notion it gives one is that any portion of one's afterlife spent within such boundaries must of necessity be rendered wretched on account of bruises daily received by running against the partitions doorposts and fireplaces in my case the lines showing sitting-rooms seem to denote cells the kitchen looked as if it might develop into a large box whilst the study appeared to consist chiefly of a fireplace and a door we were told that houses always look so but sophia's disgust at the sight of such a diminutive drawing-room was not to be lessened by any scientific reasoning six feet longer four feet then three it must be she argued and the room was accordingly lengthened i felt rather relieved when at last i got her off the ground and on the road home the building gradually crept upwards and put forth chimneys we were standing beside it one day looking at the men at work on the top when the builder's foreman came toward us being your own house sir and as we are finishing the last chimney you would perhaps like to go up he said i am sure i should much if i were a man was my wife's observation to me the landscape must appear so lovely from that height this remark placed me in something of a dilemma for it must be confessed that i am not given to climbing the sight of cliffs roofs scaffoldings and elevated places in general which have no sides to keep people from slipping off always causes me to feel how infinitely preferable a position at the bottom is to a position at the top of them but as my house was by no means lofty and it was but for once i said i would go up my knees felt a good deal in the way as i ascended the ladder but that was not so disagreeable as the thrill which passed through me as i followed my guide along two narrow planks one bending beneath each foot however having once started i kept on and climbed another ladder thin and weak-looking and not tied at the top i could not help thinking as i viewed the horizon between the steps what a shocking thing it would be if any part should break and to get rid of the thought i adopted the device of mentally criticizing the leading articles in that morning's times but as the plan did not answer i tried to fancy that though strangely enough it seemed otherwise i was only four feet from the ground this was a failure too and just as i had commenced upon an idea that great quantities of feather beds were spread below i reached the top of the scaffold rather high i said to the foreman trying but failing to appear unconcerned well no he answered nothing to what it is sometimes i'll just trouble you not to step upon the end of that plank there as it will turn over though you may as well fall from here as from the top of the monument for the matter of life being quite extinct when they pick you up he continued looking around at the weather and the crops as it were then a workman with a load of bricks stamped along the boards and overturned them at my feet causing me to shake up and down like the little servant men behind private cabs i asked in trepidation if the bricks were not dangerously heavy thinking of a newspaper paragraph headed frightful accident from an overloaded scaffold 
just what i was going to say dan has certainly too many there answered the man but it won't break down if we walk without springing and don't sneeze though the mortar-boy's whooping cough was strong enough in my poor brother's jim's case he continued abstractly as if he himself possessed several necks and could afford to break one or two my wife was picking daisies a little distance off apparently in a state of complete indifference as to whether i was on the scaffold at the foot of it or in st george's hospital so i roused myself for a descent and tried the small ladder i cannot accurately say how i did get down but during that performance my body seemed perforated by holes through which breezes blew in all directions as i got near the earth they went away it may be supposed that my wife's notion of the height differed considerably from my own and she inquired particularly for the landscape which i had quite forgotten but the discovery of that fact did not cause me to break a resolution not to trouble my chimneys again beyond a continual anxiety and frequent journeyings along the sides of a triangle of which the old house the new house and the architect's office were the corners nothing worth mentioning happened till the building was nearly finished sophia's ardour in the business which at the beginning was so intense had nearly burned itself out so i was left pretty much to myself in getting over the latter difficulties amongst them was the question of a porch i had often been annoyed whilst waiting outside a door on a wet day at being exposed to the wind and rain and it was my favourite notion that i would have a model porch whenever i should build a house thus it was very vexing to recollect just as the workmen were finishing off that i had never mentioned the subject to mr penny and that he had not suggested anything about one to me a porch or no porch is entirely a matter of personal feeling and taste was his remark in answer to a complaint from me so of course i did not put one without its being mentioned but it happens that in this case it would be an improvement a feature in fact there is this objection that the roof will close up the window of the little place on the landing but we may get ventilation by making an opening higher up if you don't mind a trifling darkness or rather gloom my first thought was that this might tend to reduce myself and family to a state of chronic melancholy but remembering that there were reflectors advertised to throw sunlight into any nook almost i agreed to the inconvenience for the sake of the porch though i found afterwards that the gloom was for all time the patent reflector naturally enough sending its spot of light against the opposite wall where it was not wanted and leaving none about the landing where it was in getting a house built for a specific sum by contract with a builder there is a certain pitfall into which unwary people are sure to step this accident is technically termed getting into extras it is evident that the only way to get out again without making a town talk about yourself is to pay the builder a large sum of money over and above the contract amount the value of course of the extras in the present case i knew very well that the perceptible additions would have to be paid for common sense and mr penny himself perhaps should have told me a little more distinctly that i must pay if i said yes to questions whether i preferred one window a trifle larger than it was originally intended another a trifle smaller second thoughts as to where a doorway should be and so on then came a host of things not included a sink in the scullery a rainwater tank and a pump a trap-door into the roof a scraper a weathercock and four letters 
ventilators in the nursery same in the kitchen all of which worked vigorously enough but the wrong way patent remarkable bell pulls a royal letters extraordinary kitchen range which it would cost exactly three pence three farthings to keep a fire in for twelve hours and yet cook any joint in any way warm up what was left yesterday boil the vegetables and do the ironing but not keeping a strict account of all these expenses and thinking myself safe in mr penny's hands from any enormous increase i was astounded to find that the additions altogether came to some hundreds of pounds i could almost go through the worry of building another house to shew how carefully i would avoid getting into extras again then they have to be wound up a surveyor is called in from somewhere and by a fiction his heart's desire is supposed to be that you shall not be overcharged one half penny by the builder for the additions the builder names a certain sum as the value of a portion say double its worth the surveyor then names a sum about half its true value then they fight it out by word of mouth and gradually bringing their valuations nearer and nearer together at last meet in the middle all my accounts underwent this operation a family's removing van carried our furniture and effects to the new building without giving us much trouble but a number of vexing little incidents occurred on our settling down which i should have felt more deeply had not a sort of martin moss summer of sophia's interest in the affair now set in and lightened them considerably smoke was one of our nuisances on lighting the study fire every particle of smoke came curling into the room in our trouble we sent for the architect who immediately asked if we had tried the plan of opening the register to cure it we had not but we did so and the smoke ascended at once the last thing i remember was sophia jumping up one night and frightening me out of my senses with the exclamation oh that builder not a single bar of any sort is there to the nursery windows john some day those poor little children will tumble out in their innocence how should they know better and be dashed to pieces why did you put the nursery on the second floor and you may be sure that some bars were put up the very next morning end of how i built myself a house by thomas hardy